listening to the Friday Five here on the Agent Survival Guide podcast. It's our weekly list of the five things that happened this week that you need to know about. I'm your host, Sarah Rupel, and it is the last Friday of October. We've got a lot of good stuff today for you, so let's get started. Number one. Every year, the Internal Revenue Service reviews their tax parameters and procedures, usually making adjustments based on inflation so the people who rely on those numbers and percentages can make correct calculations. ThinkAdvisor did a write-up on the changes, and there are a few that are worth noting here. Medical savings accounts will see a boost to their acceptable deductible ranges, as well as an increase to the maximum annual out-of-pocket limits. For 2021, deductibles may range from $2,400 to $3,600 for individual coverage, and from $4,800 to $7,150 for family coverage an increase of $50 from this year's deductible ranges. And then the cap on out-of-pocket expenses will be $4,800 for individuals and $8,750 for families, up $50 for individuals and $100 for families compared to 2020 numbers. The Qualified Small Employer Health Reimbursement Arrangement will also go up $50 for individuals and $100 for families, so eligible employers will be able to reimburse up to $5,300 for individuals and $10,700 for families. If you're in the long-term care market, includable premium levels have gone up, so if you have clients who have enough medical bills to warrant itemizing their medical expenses, you'll want to pass that knowledge along. For LTC clients who are 40 and under, they can now claim $450. Those over 40 up to 50 can claim $850. Over 50 to 60, $1,690. for the over 60 to 70 range, and for clients 70 and older, they'll be able to claim $5,640 in medical expenses if they itemize. Also worth noting, the Qualified Long-Term Care Insurance Contract, or Life Insurance Contract per diem limitation, will go up $20 per day compared to 2020 to $400 a day in 2021. For a more in-depth look at that write-up, make sure you check the notes for this episode. We will also have the link to the official IRS document, IRS Revenue Procedure 2045, in the notes as well. Number two, in the wake of the opioid settlement between Purdue Pharma and the U.S. Department of Justice, there are still more cases to be heard that deal with the opioid crisis. One of those is Walmart Incorporated versus the DOJ, a suit in which the Department of Justice seeks to potentially hold Walmart responsible for its pharmacy's role in filling many of those prescriptions. Walmart filed a suit against the United States government last Thursday, asking the DOJ to clarify the rules and legal regulations of pharmacies and pharmacists. In that suit, Walmart states, quote, 
We are bringing this lawsuit because there is no federal law requiring pharmacists to interfere in the doctor-patient relationship to the degree DOJ is demanding, end quote. We'll be keeping an eye on these cases as the decisions made could potentially create new future legislation. Number three, the battle over Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act ramped up on Wednesday as the Senate Commerce Committee met with the CEOs of Facebook, Google, and Twitter. In this particular hearing, Mark Zuckerberg, Sundar Pichai, and Jack Dorsey fielded questions about their company's roles in moderating content posted by users. Facebook and Twitter have both recently begun flagging social content for misinformation and have come under fire for moderating more towards the left rather than staying neutral. Section 230 essentially protects online sites and services from being subject to a lawsuit about content posted there. It reads, quote, No provider or user of an interactive computer service shall be treated as the publisher or speaker of any information provided by another information content provider, end quote. So the idea is websites and platforms like the big three we just mentioned cannot be held liable for what their users post. The hearing was prompted by an executive order issued by President Trump calling for a government review of Section 230. While both Republicans and Democrats would like to see changes brought to the rule, Republicans have argued that both Twitter and Facebook oppress conservative views, such as when posts made by President Trump were flagged as being potentially misleading. Democrats, on the other hand, would like to see the rule revised and updated, but are okay with content being flagged as misleading. There are a few different potential pieces of legislation floating around, and we'll link to an article that outlines what some of those suggested measures look like. Again, nothing has been finalized yet. The hearing on Wednesday was the first step in the direction of hearing from Facebook, Google, and Twitter and seeing where they stand on Section 230 and their respective companies' roles in policing content. During the four-hour session, little headway was made, including a direction on where to take the debate in the future. So we'll be watching that for any more updates. And we will also be watching coverage of the scheduled November hearing on Facebook and Twitter's roles in the election. We have a few links about this story in the episode notes, including links to prepared remarks from the Big Three, as well as coverage of the hearing. Number four. Another piece of legislation here, this one is actually a bipartisan bill put together by Representative Richard Neal, a Democrat from Massachusetts, and Representative Kevin Brady, a Texas Republican. The thing that caught my eye about this one first was a 401k employer match for employees with student loan debt. If you've got student loan debt or you've got kids who do, I'm sure your ears perk up just like mine do at the thought of some sort of legislation there. But that's not all. The legislation would also raise the age when seniors with IRAs must start taking distributions from 72 to 75. It's called the Securing a Strong Retirement Act of 2020. And if that sounds familiar, it should. 
Last year, President Trump signed something called the SECURE Act into law. That raised the age for mandatory withdrawal from 70 and a half to 72. So the student loan debt portion is basically designed to allow more younger individuals to start contributing at a younger age. The idea is that they may not be able to put money towards their retirement because they're paying such high student loan payments. Also in the new bill, if a client would have a 401k or IRA with less than $100,000 in it, they would not have to take distributions. It would also up the amount of charitable donations from an IRA by $30,000. We'll be linking to the CNBC write-up on that as well as a summary of the Securing a Strong Retirement Act in our episode notes if you'd like to learn more. Number five, it's been a little while since we've featured some articles on how to deal with stress. And now that we are in the midst of AEP, It seems like a good idea to circle back to mental wellness. Also, add to the fact that there's the presidential election next week, there's a lot of tension all around. Don't forget about simple things you can do, like eating healthy, making sure you get enough sleep, staying active. Those are natural ways to boost your mood. It's not a bad time to think about unplugging a little bit either. You can replace scanning through the feeds and news with something a little more positively stimulating, like reading a book or listening to music. There's something called the 478 breathing method, where you inhale for a count of four, hold that breath as you count to seven, then exhale while counting to eight. There's also the 4Rs method to reject, reframe, relieve, and refresh. So we will be linking to a few articles on those topics in our episode notes. So be sure to check them out. It is a crazy time right now. There is no judging here. For this week's bonus, the most exciting thing for me about the end of October and the beginning of November, yes, there's a new list of everything coming to streaming for November. But it's more about the content of that list. Christmas and holiday movies galore. I relish this time of year. I love all the traditions and family time that come with it. So I really enjoy watching movies that celebrate my favorite time of year. And that also reminds me that I need to start the conversation about getting out the Christmas tree again, because I do like to have it up well in advance of Thanksgiving, even if it just has lights on it. I love the glow it gives off when all the other lights are out. It's such a cozy feeling. But anyway, there is a lot of great holiday content coming to the streaming platforms. Probably the one I'm most looking forward to is the sequel to last year's Christmas Chronicles on Netflix. Kurt Russell plays Santa. His real-life wife, Goldie Hawn, plays Mrs. Claus, and I loved the first one, so I have no doubt that this one will be just as good as well. That is on Netflix on November 25th, the night before Thanksgiving, so I know what I will be doing that night. On Disney+, Plus, there's a very tongue-in-cheek Lego Star Wars holiday special dropping on November 17th. And yes, that is Life Day, the Wookiee holiday, and with all hope, it will be better than the 1978 Star Wars holiday special. Here's to hoping. Usually the Legoverse does a great job, so fingers crossed. 
dropping on November 25th on Peacock, the Saved by the Bell reboot, in which Zach Morris is governor of California, Kelly Kapowski is his wife, Jesse Spano, mother of the star football player at Bayside, and A.C. Slater is the new Bayside gym teacher. The series will spoof on the original and tell the story of a new generation, some of which are the original character's children, and it might be worth a look if you were a fan of the original. Personally, though, I'm more excited about the reimagining of The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Other holiday content I'm looking forward to? Jingle Jangle, a holiday musical that looks family-friendly, and I think my daughter would like it. It's a story about a toy maker's granddaughter and a plan to save the family business. Can't go wrong there. Dolly Parton's Christmas on the Square on Netflix, November 22nd, with new music and a Christmas carol plot. I am all in for that. Also on my watch list, The Happiest Season, Elliot the Littlest Reindeer, The Princess Switch Switched Again, Sugar Rush Christmas Season 2, Spookly and the Christmas Kittens, and yes, some of those I do plan on watching with my daughter. We will also be linking to the full schedule of Hallmark's official countdown to Christmas because, yes, I am one of those, and remember, we don't judge here. And I guess if I wanted to make all of this holiday cheer a rabbit hole, I could easily do that with my next and final topic. So let's go. Bud Light Hard Seltzer has really caught on in the market as millennials and other generations are getting a little more serious about managing sugar intake. They just announced new flavors for the holidays, which I thought was fascinating. That comes at a time when most companies are limiting their offerings to keep up with demand. You can find the flavors in what they're calling an ugly sweater pack. It's a 12-pack that comes with three of each flavor. Cranberry is in there, and that's a regular flavor. But they're also introducing ginger snap, apple crisp, and peppermint patty. And of course, the cans have an ugly sweater print on them, making them all the more festive. We'll be linking to the Delish write-up on that in the episode notes, so you can check it out for yourself. I might have to pick up a case so I can enjoy a lighter adult beverage as I'm watching all of these holiday movies. And that is all I have for you this week. I hope you have a great weekend. Stay healthy and stay safe out there. And we will see you next week. The Agent Survival Guide podcast is a production of Ritter Insurance Marketing. This episode was written and produced by me, Sarah Rupel, script editing by Nicole Perisic, artwork by Nick Smith. 